guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 129 boom bang here we are whether it's your first time or your 129th time you're so welcome into the mojo den where we judge less live more and give you a wee positive mojo injection each week and i am so thankful for this space it's three years old three year birthday party um i'll be celebrating by jumping into the cairngorns over the weekend we have a heat wave by the time this goes live i've been jumping in there and uh, reflecting on all i've learned in this incredible space and whether my guests are really well known maybe they've written 30 books maybe some of them have got millions of followers or maybe nobody really knows because they don't they're very private they don't have an online presence doesn't really matter like everyone i've interviewed it's just been amazing because we're all equal and we're all valuable and we can learn so much from, you know, sitting and getting to know people. And, you know, there's chat now about libraries opening for people rather than books and actually learning empathy and these amazing skills. And this place has really taught me, um, you know, what it means to listen and learn and share and I'm just so thankful for it. So happy three-year birthday time for a Mojo Injection. Never look back and so glad to be here. So glad to have you here. I was so inspired after this week's conversation. So my guest is the lovely Maureen Haskui. Um, Maureen, that's French name, Haskui. Um, Maureen was the head, is and was, uh, the head founder of um, TEDx Cumbernauld. So she's the head lead. She pulled the whole thing together. I coached some of the speakers in 2019. I spoke at it at 2020 and Maureen has created an incredible platform for women to let their voice be heard and to, to show up as they are and it's just incredible. I love what she's doing in that space so if you don't already know about it check out TEDx Cumbernauld. she's got another event coming up. She's also an amazing film producer and she runs Firewalker Films so check out Firewalker Firewalker films and I love love hearing about the inspiration for this through an event she was at and why she went for the name Firewalker I love it so yeah an amazing filmmaker she's traveled all around the world and she also shares my love of wild swimming and I just love how this conversation conversation really shows that you know it's important to live our life really going for joy like our life depends on it it's important to there was something Maureen said about living from the inside out I really love that and that when we seek the joy and we we go for things that bring us joy that's when the magic happens really inspired by this and we sing out um a couple of amazing lyrics um I actually watched the pink documentary after feeling inspired from this conversation and Maureen had quoted uh, lyrics from All I Know So Far. I can't teach you how to fly, but I can teach you how to live like your life depends on it. Isn't that amazing? Are we living like our life depends on it? Are we oh, just doing what we want? Are we carving out time for our wellness? Or are we on autopilot? I was really challenged and reminded of you know what's important and i've got a real mojo injection so i'm delighted to share this conversation with you let's jump in guys 
leave us a wee review. Um, Maureen definitely deserves some stars. So if you could just take two seconds to click on some stars, five would be lovely. Um, that would be great. And um, yeah, all the best, guys. Wishing you so much mojo this week. Mwah. Okay, we're recording. Maureen, welcome to Time for a Mojo Injection. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's lovely to see you again. It's lovely to see you, Miss Wonder Woman. Oh my goodness. <laughs> been a lot of plates, uh, you know, with all the TEDx stuff, your filmmaking business, you know, you're doing your documentary workshops. I see your posts and it's like you're in locks and, you know, naked swimming as well, which I'm loving, by the way. I'm trying to embrace that without getting arrested. Um, so if I see a quiet spot, I'm like, yeah, let's do this one naked. And um, yeah, like you're, you've just got it all going on. So how do you, how do you keep your mojo? <laughs> Um, well, as you say, I think cold water therapy has really, yeah, that's the definition of mojo for me. It's like, you know, feeling you go in, you feel the fear, you come out and you feel completely, it's a rush and you feel alive and you feel ready for the day. We did it really early in the morning. So it's, it totally sets you up for the day. Um, yeah, that's definite, like, yeah, definite mojo. It's, I never expected them. I did it because A, I saw you doing it <laughs> online. And then I know you were, yeah, well, that was really inspiring. And then I don't know what it was, whether it was a lockdown. Like, when did you start doing it? Well, you know, my first official one was February 2019. Um, oh, wow. But then I kind of dipped in and out, but didn't do it consistently. Um, and then lockdown as you say and also being in my own recovery it was like just it was part of my wellness plan I guess it was like this yeah. raises my vibe so I need to factor this in every week once twice you know I would do it every day if I could but I mean we've got a paddling pool outside so I guess that that would be the sort of substitute or I was looking into getting one of those barrels you know where you can immerse yeah yeah but um but yeah, to actually get to a reservoir or a lock, because are you quite close to one that you can go daily or do you? Yeah, there are a few. So I don't do it daily because I think it, it took a while to figure out the right balance for me as well. And we all like, you know, in, in the group that we do it with, there are people doing once a day, twice a day. Um, but then I go three times a week. Uh, so Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And that feels the right balance for me because um, I think doing it every day would be a bit too much as well like the the whole idea was to get something going for myself as I wake up before the rest of the family even wakes up like I love this idea of you know and like in so many books and sort of mum literature and stuff you know they say you have to do something before you like you know you just wake up one hour before and you get to write that book or you know like meditate or and I couldn't find the sort of pull that would really like you know my sleep is very um precious at the moment <laughs> I have a three-year-old so it's very like I can uh, I'll take every hour I can get um so I couldn't really find anything that sort of pulled me enough to or like called me enough to really go for it but then when um the opportunity arose and I'm I'm doing with the wellness cottage here in Cumberland and the two girls who uh, manage it and who founded it 
they started doing it and then they were like and I liked everything I was like oh my god that's amazing and they just seemed like they were doing it I think in the Glen in Camden Rome or something they shouldn't say that because I don't think you're supposed to do it but <laughs> um, but then we found the right place and um, they're like do you want to come and I was like yes and then I brought the whole FedEx team as well <laughs> and so all of a sudden it became a bit of a thing um, and that felt right so it felt you know I get everything I need from it from the connection with the other women in the morning first thing um, getting to see the sunrise actually I really never understood the benefits of like you know what it does with your body with your mood with you know like it feels like there's a natural flow to things and I never expected the mindset change the, or like the shift or um, you know you confront your fear every day fear of the cold and you still go to it and through it you come out feeling amazing um, and yeah it does and it's become one of my non-negotiables really <laughs> Amazing, because it's like you said earlier about feeling alive, and I think that's something that people can miss because you know you can get swept up and you can just be so busy, it can be hard to actually get present. Like to me, feeling alive can be like those moments where you go, ah, or you go, ah, do you know? Yeah. Like sometimes we we're stuck on the train and we we don't notice things or we're just like go 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 uh, like Absolutely. it's easy and it's just you know slowing down a little bit but then it doesn't mean that you can't strive and do your other things but it's just giving yourself permission isn't it Oh, absolutely. Totally. Just got chills when you said that. Yes. <laughs> no, totally. And uh, you're so right. Like one of my actually biggest fears is to live on autopilot and wake up, you know, on my deathbed and oh my God, I should have, could have done all of this. I had this opportunity and, and that's the biggest thing. So throughout, like, I felt, I feel like my self growth, like, you know, sort of um, journey, I do strive to put together plans or things in place to make sure that that I live that, that with an awareness and you know that um yeah so firewalker films for example it's called firewalker films because um I went to Tony Robbins a few years ago <laughs> like unleashed the power within you know the four days it was down in London and um and on the first day at the end he has to do like 20, 20 000 people um a firewalk and you know what I felt at that moment is exactly what you said. It's like you stop the autopilot, you take charge and you go. Like, you know, you just, and for that second that you're on the fire or two seconds that you're walking on the fire, you're like, everything's possible. Everything's like, you know, and you're right there in your body and everything's possible. And, and it doesn't mean you don't feel the fear, but you do it anyway. And you let it, you don't let it control you. And that's where true freedom lives for me. So I, when it came to creating Firewalker films, I just thought, how am I going to name my business if I, if I have to be identified with this business and if I have to, you know, see that name every day, like what do I want it to evoke in me? And it's that feeling of, you know, total freedom and doesn't mean there's no fear, but that's where the growth is. I love that. <laughs> that's so inspiring. And that's oh. because when you hear a story like that and it's, it's all about, you know, purpose and passion and that is, you know, you've nailed it from the start. So you're going into this creative pro you're like, wow. For you, so studying in Paris and then becoming a filmmaker, like it's such an incredible creative role. Did you always know you wanted to do this? 
Yes, but you know, coming back to permission, it took me a very long time to give myself permission to do it. But yes, I've, I've never wanted to do anything else. Um, my dad is a filmmaker, independent filmmaker, struggling artist, typical, you know, we have a thing in French, um, there was a poetry movement in the 19th century and it's called the, uh, the Cursed Poets. My dad is very much a, a cursed poet, <laughs> you know, misunderstood and all of that. But he is a filmmaker and what, and he had, he, yeah, he has ambition and he had ambition. And so that meant that um, we always um, had a lot of creative people around the table and I got to go on a few shoots. And the, the, but the thing that really sort of marked me from a young age is the creativity, the sort of total like left brain people that, you know, just have, don't really stick to the societal rules and, you know, make their own way and, but live with purpose and authenticity. And it completely con sort of contradicted with, you know, what I could see elsewhere at school or, you know, um, and I knew I really wanted those colors in my life and, you know, those sort of, yeah, making sure that I always came back to, it's okay to do to be you and it's okay to do you and no matter if it you know if it doesn't um match where you're at or like you know who you're surrounded with then you change what you're surrounded with not who you are kind of thing that is so powerful <laughs> you had and you went you went on and you, you traveled all around the world and as a filmmaker before settling so what did that teach you the experience of just um, um the, the, mo the place that stuck with me most and where I always wanted to go back to was LA because for a filmmaker like Hollywood, you know, the Hollywood dream and everything like so when I finally managed to get myself there on a sort of longer term base, um, the Americans <laughs> taught me a lot and especially like uh, just West Americans like um, the idea that I was like growing up like, in France, I feel and this is why I don't live in France. Um, there's a mentality or a mindset that's very um, by the norm and very sort of structured and, and I can't fit in there. And so going from, you know, and, and my parents are Catholic and like I was born in quite a strict um, upbringing, despite all of the <laughs> creative people around. Um, and so when I went to LA, it was like, um, I literally let my hair down, like I was always wearing a ponytail and then I arrived in LA, I was like, oh my God, you can be all these things. And you know, people don't necessarily judge you and they also encourage you and you know, they say hi and they smile and you know, half of it is not authentic, but who cares, <laughs> like it makes me feel good, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so that's really what I take from, from those trips to LA was that sort of freedom and I, I carry that with me right now and, and that's how I approach things and that's actually what I think is opening opportunities for me. It's just that idea of like we're all people, we're all, you know, we'll, um, um, yeah, I think, you know, we all feel good when someone says hi. And so my idea is to bring back, like bring down those barriers that, you know, um, complexes or no, like people with, Sorry, I'm trying to put my point across. I think people see in you um, how they feel about themselves. So it tells you more about who they are than who you are. And once you have that kind of approach and compassion, I think then if you make them understand that you understand, then the barriers come down. So 
the idea is that I try not to take anything personally. And um, once people realize that hopefully I'm being authentic, then that like, gives them permission to be authentic. And that's really the big lesson I take from my travel in America. Um, and then, yeah, everything else. And I've been in London for, uh, yeah, 13 years. Um, but London is like, so cosmopolitan that you know my husband is Colombian we were hanging out with so many Colombian people <laughs> and they come with a whole different culture and I just feel yeah it's it's very I love that though it's very um rich and I think once you understand that different people behave differently have different traditions but you know the core traditions are the same you know family and um you know friendship and love and we'll we'll have those things Sorry, I feel like I went on a pure ramble. <laughs> well, it is so interesting. And I was thinking about what you were saying about 50% you think in LA were authentic. So what what makes someone someone authentic? The fifth what how would you divide the two? The 50%. How do I define someone who's authentic? Hmm, that's a good one. It's I mean, it's a feeling I get whether whether someone is has an agenda when they speak to you, I think you feel if someone has an agenda when they speak to you, or if it's just, I you know I try to have a conversation, and if there's anything that I feel I can help with, or then I'll do it. And then, yeah, will someone help if they can? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's you know maybe that's a good way to put it. Or or if they can't or if they won't, then are they doing it in a genuine way yeah no it's it's hard to tell isn't it i mean i mean maybe this is why sort of people put barriers and stuff like because then you get hurt as well and that that leaves you vulnerable when you're authentic and you know you're out there for everyone to see i think it feels like sometimes like then you're game for <laughs> you know people taking a shot at you um yeah and i think you know through life that's that's meant to happen but i would rather i would much rather live who I am on the inside, outside, than the other way around. Like, and that's actually what brought me here to Scotland. That you know, I was feeling like I was living from the outside in, and then my husband got diagnosed with Huntington's. And then I, you know, when I sat in the neurologist office, and uh, she looked at me and she said, you know, you're going to be the only breadwinner in the like in the next five years. All of a sudden, I was like, okay is my life right now really what I want it to be in five years? Like, you know, do, what, what changes do I need to make and how do I, and this is when I realized, like I live in Richmond, uh, which is like an amazing <laughs> area in London, but I'm in a one bedroom and I just got my second child. Like maybe we need to do something there. And also, um, you know, yes, uh, I can see Tom Hardy every day and don't get me wrong, <laughs> that's a big perk. Um, but, and that allowed me to think that, you know, yeah, I was kind of in the film industry and I see Tom Hardy sometimes and you know, like, yeah, but I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I was like, yeah, but are you making films? Are you making stuff that you want to see? Are you, you know, that you're proud of that? And all of a sudden, like everything, I don't know, that there was this major feeling of, okay, we need to invert the trend here and live from the inside out. And man, that came with, <laughs> you know, everything you can expect, travels and heartaches and yeah. But I'd much rather be on that journey than, you know, than the other way around and trying to keep appearances up. And, you know, my daughter was going to an amazing school. Um, that had just opened so they were very you know it's very small cohort and 
it was just like you know it was close to a park and you know all of that but does that mean that yeah anyway I don't know what I'm trying to say I just it came with a lot of sacrifices but again all the all that we won so far far outweighs everything we had to leave behind that's amazing and you'd said something about you know just feeling called it was like you knew it was time and I read the article the Daily Record did on you which was a lovely piece um, Thank you. and uh, it was really nice because sometimes you get like you'll see articles like if I've had an article written sometimes like the negative news sells so they'll put like a spin on it like when I did it like positive stories about like my you know, mania or spiritual awakening or whatever said you're on the cap fuse of the two but um you know you could see like some of the stories are like oh it was torture it was hell and it was like you know mm. trying to put a positive spin on this actually whereas when I read the article it was really just positive and you know it was lovely and I, I loved the way it spoke about you feeling that you you were in tune with that intuition and that's exactly what you're saying about living that way from the outside you see the inside from the inside out yeah inside out I love that Thank you. And I'm, I'm actually, so I totally hear you and I was fully expecting, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting them <laughs> to have such a nice spin and it was a lovely article. And I'm so glad that they kept that line saying that I was called for, uh, that I felt called. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, I think, I, yeah, when those deep moments of, I don't know if it's trauma or I don't know if it's just like deep life questioning, you know, like on that, in that neurologist like um, office and, and then everything that came after that, I, I underestimated the impact that it would have on us um, and on me. And I never expected, you know, our life to look like what it does now. But um, I think that's the thing that I went for was just trying to make calm in myself and just listen to really what was coming up. Um, and you know what they say, like, follow your joy and follow what makes you feel good. And even if you can't see really where it's going, that's really what I fell back on. Like, follow what makes you feel good. And um, and I felt called to Scotland because um, throughout, like, the next, yeah, I first came to Scotland, I think, uh, around 2005, 2006. And I went to Edinburgh a few times. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I, I remember thinking after film school in LA, I'm coming back here. <laughs> and then it didn't quite happen like that. I went back to London, but I had a feeling that, I don't know, I had this sort of knowing that I would come in and live in Scotland at some point. Then Brexit happened. And, you know, on the day we were so shocked with my husband, we were like, where are we going to go? We need to leave here. Where are we going to go? And, you know, that kind of, they were like, Scotland. <laughs> Like it was a different country, you know, but it just felt, I don't know, it just came up and it felt right. And at the time it didn't work out either. But um, so then when this happened and I started to go into like, okay, what sort of resonates with me at the moment? What makes me feel good? And Outlander made me feel really good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just thought, you know, just different things. And, and, And then you start seeing how I'm getting a bit metaphysical here, but then once you commit to your joy, I feel like, you know, things start flowing and things start appearing. And if you trust enough to follow it, then yeah, I mean, that's where the magic happens for me. Like I remember coming to Scotland thinking I need magic back in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Scotland delivered. 
I love what you say though. You're coming out with so many like delta lines, but once you commit to your joy, that's where the magic happens, you know? I think so, yeah. I love that. Actually, the I've written a second book um, and it was called All in Enjoy and I was really loving writing it, but then I got sick. So I kind of just parked it for a little bit. Um, but there was probably a lot of good truth in there actually, you know, about really being all in, like, not that you can, it's not like you can be all in on joy every moment of every day, but making that kind of right, following the joy, like gravitating towards it, you know, prioritizing it whenever you can, like your life depends on it, kind of thing. Yeah, it does because your wellness depends on it, right? Absolutely, just what you said there. I, uh, I watched the pink documentary. You know, on Netflix, is it Netflix or, yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I didn't know her, like I always love things, but I didn't listen to her latest al albums. And there's one, this one song that I discovered that I keep uh, listening to in the car. And I, I think it's all that I know so far. And um, there's a line in there and she says, um, uh, I can't teach you how to fly, but I can show you how to live like your life is on the line. It's like, is there another way to live? Like, you know, we're all going towards the same place. Like, how do you want to live your life kind of thing? I love that. Yeah, I, that is, it's like proper motivational. Ah, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm fired up. I'm going to be like just running towards joy after this discussion. I, I love that. So, and what you were saying there as well is like, there's things that can come in and take away your joy. So if you're dealing with someone that you think is authentic, like for me, I've met so many people since doing the work that I do. And there's certain lines that do stick with me. Like one was like, I've got enough out of, you know, I don't, don't need anything. I've got enough publicity because I've got them in the paper and I'd written blogs and stuff. And then unfollowed me and I was like, like that is so against who I am because I love people. So I was like, well, even if you've got enough, you'd maybe at least still like you wouldn't go on and follow them. I know it's like likes and stuff and follows me nothing, but when it's someone you've worked with, it's like, it just felt like such a, yeah. Oh, but that, that yeah. what you were describing so well, you know, about yeah. genuine and, and agendas and stuff. Yeah. And that's see, like that's the user mentality. And I think, so that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. You, when you live, I think authentically, you do then have to, like, you just naturally open up and, and then you do open yourself up to people who will have that user mentality. Yeah, I'm in the middle of that as well. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think, but I think we're all, you know, if, if yeah, that's, that's always gonna come up. Then I don't know where the lessons are. Cause you know, like all like self growth book and stuff, they say, you know, people are either a blessing or a lesson. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe there's a lesson around boundaries. Uh, maybe that's the next podcast. Maybe when, uh, when, I, when I learned that one, <laughs> you know, we can have a chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, but again, you know, I mean, it does come back to what I was saying, though. it says so much more about that person than it does about you, you know, and, and you do, it's normal that you feel betrayed and, you know, I, I totally would too. But yeah. How do you resolve that apart from, because then the, the sort of alternative is you put uh, an armor on and then you get no one in, but I don't think that's the, then you sort of shut yourself off from the good stuff as well. So, and that's sort of punishing yourself rather than other people. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, 
yeah, it feels like a balancing act, doesn't it? Um, but hopefully the good outweighs the bad. Like hopefully you meet more people that, you know, that you connect with. Yeah. Than yeah. Just uh, negative ones. Yeah. Lessons. <laughs> and the brain clings on because when you were talking through that, yeah. and LA and stuff, you know, I was thinking, you, you think of times you've been burned and you're just like, yeah. as you say, keeping an open mind and because I've always been told, well, you trust too easily, you trust too easily. And I guess when you are open that way, you know, you trust and then you will get let down, but it's just... Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. But then, you know, like you can go through life thinking everyone's bad, so I'll let only the few good ones in. And then, you know, it's a lot of, I feel like it's a lot of work and it's, when you expect bad from people, then that already sets up the relationship for it to go wrong kind of thing. I, I do exactly like you. I, I expect, I don't, I never expect bad from people. I treat everyone like everyone's happy and nice. And, and then the few who burn themselves through that mentality or, you know, through just betrayal or um, then, okay, you let them go and, you know, you just keep the good. But I like, yeah, I feel like I can't, let them change how I approach people. Um, but there is something about boundaries. So maybe it's about making, I don't know. I don't know how we, maybe it comes back to your first question about how do you identify people who are authentic? Can you identify them beforehand? I don't know, but I'd much rather live thinking that everyone's nice and that we're all going to help each other <laughs> um, rather than we're all going to screw each other over. Like I, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could get out of bed actually if I was thinking like that. Um, so yeah, and I think, I think I'm, I, I'm feeling a little bit mm, stronger and sort of better at, not better. I'm feeling a bit um, stronger, faster after being burned, mm -hmm. after each time that I'm being burned. So I feel like I'm sort of, you know, people say like fail upward. <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of that happening. Like maybe it's just about resilience. Maybe I'm feeling a bit more resilient every time I'm being burned, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you're like, right, this lesson has taught me so much. Woohoo, right? Let's do like, <laughs> right? like, a little dance and like, oh, what a lesson. Like, holy moly. Shake it off. But you know, it comes back to what you were saying. I think so cold water immersion is a tool, is is a tool in the toolbox of getting yourself back being present in your mission, in who you are, in your body. Um, and that definitely helps with the mindset. Mm -hmm. So having those moments for yourself and where you feel centered and stuff, that brings you back to, yeah, to you, to yourself. Yeah, sometimes it's like I see it as a daily baptism, you know, or like <sighs> a weekly baptism where you're like, right, any anxiety, any stress, any triggers, any, you know, rejection, whatever it is, and there can be so many things give that away in the water, yeah. say a little prayer, surrender, pass it all away, and then, you know, focus on, because you get what you focus on, right? So, exactly. you know, you focus on all the, the sort of good things in people, you know, anyone can, there's a famous proverb, or is that Sam, anyone can see the dirt be the one that finds the gold. Ah, uh, yeah. 
and and that's kind of like even if someone's really burned you or you felt really rejected or hurt it's like right well let's just see the good in this you know because you can only meet people where they're at as well so it's like right mm. what what can i take from this and i guess if you've got like a regular journal practice or something you do where you can kind of release that and then sort of rise from it. Feel the fear and rise was one of the things from your amazing TEDx event. Your second, well, that was your second one, your TEDx. Yeah. You've got another one coming up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it this year too, yeah. TEDx oh, coming up, women. And, um, and then as a response to the pandemic, they released another kind of license where you're not tied to an event, so we can release talks in between events. Um, TEDx Criminal Studio and yeah we've got a few in the works and we released one uh, last month I think in, yeah, in April so uh, yeah that's that's busy and that's a really cool you get to meet really cool people <laughs> like yourself <laughs> I mean, and I love the fact you're putting a spotlight on women as well because you know it's it's still difficult isn't it there's the stats are still there and you're really giving females the chance to, to feel empowered and to to do something that they love thank you yeah that that was uh yeah that's really as you know i'm developing as well and as i'm learning more about and just yeah there's something about hitting your 30s and 40s where you sort of reflect back <laughs> onto uh like yeah how it's been so far and what was actually not feeling so good and was it because of you and was it because of the society you're living in like the beliefs and all of that and I started unpacking all of that around the time of the diagnostics again like I um I signed up with a, a female coach um from the US actually and uh and I ended up being in that little sort of group of other women from all around the world and that really for me zeroed in on it's okay to feel what you're feeling because you're a woman and you know equality doesn't mean that we're the same it means that we need the same chances to thrive and that actually i mean i'm a firm believer of you know with this one life that we've got aren't we all allowed and actually entitled to reaching our full potential no matter you know the color the gender no matter you know the background um that's sort of that's the friendship me is like equality you know liberty <laughs> Brotherhood, I think, um, is how it translates. But yeah, so so I was really, I felt really, it really resonated with me, and um, and I ended up being in that sort of little bubble for about six to nine months, I think, and I felt really empowered as a woman, and that's that's also taught me to trust my intuition, because I think the intuition in us, you know, that's very, I think we all have it, but it's a very feminine trait. That's you know, if we're all balanced between masculine and feminine. The intuition would be on the on the feminine side, and um, and that's really helped me trust the intuition and that little voice and that knowing. Um, and so I was feeling like, well, more more women need to know about this. <laughs> and uh, so when the whole idea of TEDx came along, and I had no idea actually that they had a, a women license, but when I saw it pop up, I was like, yeah, I'm going for that. That resonates with me. Um, and again, the whole thing of not dissing TEDx, but the whole idea that you have TEDx and that comes with certain rules of what you can and can't talk about, like you can't talk about healing or you know, there are certain buzzwords that you can't really, everything has to be scientifically proven. And I get why, like I totally understand the, the principle behind it, but then you have a sub license called TEDx, women, 
and the fact that TEDx Women is of sub-license tells you a lot about, you know, the patriarchy of TEDx. <laughs> However, it's an amazing platform and, it, you know, the patriarchy got us to the moon. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot to say for it. Um, but, but I think now it's time for, you know, the feminine rising and um, being acknowledged for, you know, we do know. And I love that um, you said about uh, the cold water being... Uh, like a baptism I totally feel that too um yeah it feels like you're sort of trusting yourself and giving birth to yourself every day like you know I, I love that yeah I love that. go in take it away and 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 for you you know to be to feel that intuition and then to go on and create these huge events and you know both amazing and totally different obviously just having to adapt like what a difference December 2019 if I was, I was sitting in that chair, you know, having coached some of the speakers, thinking this is amazing and having such hope for the future. If I was to know the roller coaster that was coming, you were to know what was coming the next year. It was just, oh, it couldn't have been more changeable. And I think it was, it really shook a lot of us up. But then for you to go on and to do that um, in 2020, it was just so brave. And there was so much good vibes on the day and there was so much encouragement. Thank what, you, yeah, yeah. What do you feel, like you've obviously watched a lot of talks and what do you feel really leaves a powerful experience from a speaker? Um, well, I mean, I think we, there are so many TED and TEDx talks and I think you end up being called towards the one that you're meant to watch. And I kind of already like that, that um, I don't know if it's the algorithms or I don't know what it is, but you seem to sort of gravitate towards talks that mean, that will mean something to you. So I think I'm personally called towards experience, experience like, you know, lived experiences and um, you know, talks like yours and talks like um, in the first year, um, uh, Natalie Kairosh, you know, like those, yeah, basically being a survivor and, you know, having gone through hell and not only came back out the other way, but is people who are signposting it saying, hey, don't go that way. <laughs> or if you go that way, this is how you get back out. Like, you know, or this is how I got back out and maybe you wouldn't try that. Like, I think, and that's, you know, I, I know if you're men doing it as well, but I think as women doing it, we, we, we seem to have a very um, collective mind. Like we, we seem to want to, you know, I know now through TEDx, so many women who have really gone through hell and come back out and are really signposting it for everyone, and for everyone else and with a true sort of sense of community around them. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, I can't say much more, but in the next TEDx, there are a few stories that are just, mind-blowing in terms of you know every every step of the way might have just killed me <laughs> and then some women just sort of still came back out and are now so just living through the mission of making sure there's an awareness around things and making sure that you know but again like yourself like I think you know what makes you want to you know you've already survived through a really challenging year and then you know is it like what makes you want to share your story? I think, cause that's, that's how we connect. You want to share it, I want to hear it. Like, you know, I want to, uh, I want to know that throughout every single shit day, <laughs> you know, there's a way through and 
and not only there's a way through but there's a way to actually make get it make your life better like you know like natalie was saying she went through an ordeal you know she could have died she could have lost her baby and then both things could have happened as well but now she's almost I don't want to put words in her in her mouth, but she's almost grateful that it happened because it allowed her to completely change her life. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful to me. Because sometimes, you know, when I think about this diagnostics on my husband and I'm like, it sort of got us really through challenge. Like it, it set us on a very challenging path, but at the same time, I'm grateful for all the gifts that it's also given our like it, it's it's given our it's given us our life right now and we've never been so, you know connected or you know living our purpose I don't know what the word is but I wouldn't go back (laughs) and you know actually in a very weird way I wouldn't have it any other way um so yeah I think it's about owning that um I don't know if I answered your question sorry (laughs) it's amazing and it, it, it gives hope to people right because exactly and it comes back to sort of being authentic as well, putting yourself online yeah. and sharing stuff and encouraging others to do the same. And, and it's funny because the imposter syndrome will creep in. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, did it overshare or whatever? And then you'll get a message like literally that day of you don't know how much this blog helped me or you don't know how much that TED talk helped me. You know, hearing people like actually you've changed someone's life because you've given yes. them permission to share or you've given them permission to feel and they know that actually other people go through these things and it's like we are here to just be and and to be real and to not perform you know just to to show up fully like yes you know all in as we are and life can make it very hard to do that sometimes yes yeah Yeah, absolutely that's um that's pretty well put show up i love that term yeah show up show up for yourself show up as you are totally that pretty much yeah put yourself on the line and you know and if if people that aren't putting themselves on the line are uh, <laughs> you know it's that famous granny brown quote isn't it yes. and she she said she told you don't if you you know, if you're not putting yourself out there, then don't. <laughs> if you're not in the arena, if you're not there with like blood under your fingernails, then <laughs> you know, I don't want your opinion. Yeah. And that's so true. That's so true. It's so easy to uh, to criticize while you're not really doing it. But, you know, when you're out there in the gritty life, <laughs> then yeah. And did you find, so you did the Tony Robinson's course, so that obviously... Um, really inspired you with the firewalker and stuff was there something else that came from that that week totally I actually when I sometimes I just catch myself looking back on that and it was actually it was probably the first you know it was actually probably the first um, seed in my mind of an event for women mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry um, I, I remember clearly sort of fe- getting that feeling that I needed to take a stand for women but I didn't know what shape it would take. And for a few years, actually, I, I was sort of working along in the background around a filmmaking event for women or, <clears throat> sorry, but that didn't really pan out. I mean, it didn't really, and I couldn't quite get the traction that I thought I should get or I would get. And I was wondering why, and then I just let that go. And then, and you know, then TEDx came along and I thought, oh, that's it. 
is yeah i think and that feels right to me um but it came back to that week um at tony robbins yeah so many so many things came up because he's very good at holding a mirror up and um and getting you to feel the things really like deep down inside um and that usually then leads to action and in my case well my my boss then had paid for me to be on on, uh, on tony robbins and i was there with her and so it's not like i could turn around and say well i could actually because he gets you in that space and i don't know how many divorces or marriages or you know like he's getting on a sort of like daily basis um and i'm sure people resign after that like all the time with me it was i really like my boss and i it, I, I went on, I think I only resigned uh, a year later after I had my second child. So I had another bit of, yeah, I still felt like she was part of my journey. Um, but definitely something happened along those lines of um, realizing a few things, realizing also that, you know, he's, uh, there's an exercise that he takes you through, which is defining your, your core values. We all have the same five sort of, values that get us through our life but we don't all have them in the right in the same order mm -hmm. and he's about determining determining which one is um, strongest for you and i never expected it i thought mine would be love or you know connection or something like that and mine was freedom mm -hmm. and and i think that sort of then defined the next few years was like getting to that freedom and getting to you know that freedom of expression freedom of yeah living living my life like like i want to like i feel called to <laughs> freedom yeah that's the same i think that's my one too but uh and then it comes down to like adventure and like living and all that sort of stuff it's feeling exactly that, i think a lot of people must really relate with that though right it's like yeah yeah and hopefully i think i mean i think lockdown will have brought a lot more because of that um compulsory sort of introversion you know and look inside um yeah i think hopefully there'll be a uh you know a good next step forward um after all of this is over is uh living more authentic lives like what really matters and getting more balance with you know work from home and things like that yeah yeah absolutely balance is key mm. and i wanted to ask you i always ask people about favorite books and quotes but before that like what what do you think makes a great film then well, and if you've got a couple of favorite films, you could direct um, direct people to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, okay, my favorite films and films that I will always tend to watch are epics. <laughs> they are, and it could be like a, a more sort of, and for me, the main tension is one person against humanity or one person against the current. So anything from World War II, I feel really cool too anything um you know gone with the wind or you know like things where it's like you know one person or a few people going against the crowd going against you know uh, sort of trying to raise awareness of maybe just because five million people are doing it doesn't make it right <laughs> um those kind of stories because you can't control five million people or you know like you can't you know if you have a crowd coming towards you then you know usually you fight or you, well you fly it's the fight or flight situation and not sort of fleeing it makes an interesting story <laughs> um but yeah so anything like that and favorite films well i love um the film that made me really want to be a filmmaker was uh, dances with wolves um, um 
I saw it when I was like probably eight and we were in Paris and my, it's, I think it's the first film we went to see as a family and my brother was baby and so he was like sleeping in my mom's arms and but I remember like a sharing that with my family and b just all the sort of sweeping shots of you know everything and it was just so it was beautiful it felt powerful there was so much going on my dad was like putting his hand on my, on my eyes so that I didn't see like like blood or anything too compromising <laughs> um but all of that it was very uh it was very exciting and that really stuck with me um, and I'm, it's funny, I worked with the London Screenwriters Festival and this year um, the headliner was the guy who wrote Dance, oh, who, oh no, he, he no, sorry, the, the guy who wrote it, I think, died, but he worked on it and there was the connection, so I got to speak to them. And that's the thing with film as well, is like, if you manage to stay in the game long enough, you'll probably end up speaking to some of your heroes. Um, oh. And I love that, yeah. So Dance with the Wolves really made me want to be. The filmmaker, yeah, and then you know, there are films like Titanic. I went to see it nine times in the cinema. <laughs> I was four, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you know, so same year, Saving Private Ryan came out, and I went to see that nine times as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's just really so, yeah, like going against the the wave, going you know, really, yeah, and just like powerful. So I, I want to watch Dances with Wolves now. I'm gonna. Oh, you haven't yet. Yeah, like I have, but it was so long ago. I remember yeah. thinking, like, wow, but so long ago. Like, it's such a classic, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. As I could talk about it like all day. There's so much. Even just in the way the film came together, everything is sort of. I find it so powerful and magical. Um, throughout this guy who worked on it, we learned that. Um, uh, Kevin Costner was was friends because Kevin Costner d directed it, and you know it's funny like it's such a anomaly in everything else he did. Like it's just and he won Oscars for that one. Like anyway, but um, he was friends with the guy who wrote who wrote it but before they wrote it. But then um, the guy got bitter because he was trying to make stuff happen and and he couldn't, and then um, he became a bit of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so Kevin Costner really wanted to like help him, and he was making something of himself in Hollywood. So he made all the all those introductions and stuff. But the guy was just being really rude to people. So at some point they had a heart to heart, where Kevin Costner ended up sort of, I think, punching him or holding him against the wall or something. Um, and then he thought, that's it. I'm never gonna hear about this guy anymore. And then like a week later, the guy asked to stay on his couch for a few months. <laughs> And um, and then uh, it went sort of wrong, and then the guy left, and then a few months later, maybe a year later, he wrote back. He called Kevin Costner back, saying, "Okay, I wrote this thing. I would love you to have a, a read." And then he sent it, and it was Dance with the Wolves. Mm -hmm. And so Kevin Costner went on to make it with him, and he wrote the script then. And yeah, the whole thing is just people, people, stories, people not taking, you know second chance like you know actually people giving second chances and just yeah the whole thing I think is just sorry I'm totally in my world but I, I love it <laughs> I love the story around it it's amazing it's amazing and it's amazing to see you light up as you speak about things <laughs> and any any books that you could recommend for our listeners oh god yes I feel like there's so many um that I really what really resonated with me um Oh man, I'm blinking. 
what did I read so far? And I, there was one that I really loved. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've read a lot of, um, what do I have? I feel like I'm, where is it? Oh, well, never mind. Okay, do you know what? I actually read Clan Lens, <laughs> you know, the book that Sam Hewen and Graham McDavish sort of wrote together about men in kilts. Uh, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was actually really good. Um, and I love that sort of bromance that they have. Um, so I read that and that was good. And there was a lot of uh, backstories on, they even mentioned Cumberland once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. And then anything by um, Elizabeth Gilbert, I love. Um, I just, yeah, she's uh, like up there for me. And Glennon Doyle, you know, Untamed. Did you oh, read that? Recently, yeah. on Audible, and it was really good. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, those were, I think, the highlights of. Oh, and then there was um, Alicia Keys' uh, biography, it was really cool as well. Um, I had no idea about, about her backstory, so that was really interesting. And I love who, sort of where she's taking her career as well. There was like, you know, she released the meditation thing with Deepak Chopra. And again, see, that feels, you'd never expect someone like Alicia Keys to do that. But when you know about her backstory and like, yeah, it, it feels like it's aligned. Like, you know, it feels like she's being authentic by doing that. Um, so yeah, I love stuff like that. Oh, I love it. Oh, and always ask people their favorite song or a couple of songs um, help to bring out the mojo <laughs> yeah oh totally well i have a few so the one that okay don't judge <laughs> no. <laughs> the one that always seems to activate me is um peanut butter jelly but guarantees you know spread it like peanut butter jelly <laughs> Oh, that is such a good beat to it, though, isn't it? You could properly twerk in your kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if this one comes on, you just know I'm gonna like I'm gonna feel it in my bones. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna like, to the joy. Yeah. Oh, totally, and the crescendo and everything that always activates me. Um, but recently, I've just had you know you connect songs to like moments of your life and stuff, and like seriously, that Pink documentary really impacted on me, and so I really like that. All I know so far. But uh, we just had a beautiful day with my daughter and I, I realized I don't really get the chance to just have mother-daughter time with her. So we went to Glasgow and um, that song, Cover Me in Sunshine, the song that Pink sings with her daughter, uh, came on and, and you know, we started talking about it and she was like, wait, so she's my age? You know, the girl is like, yeah, that's right. So she started learning the lyrics and, you know, like, and then we started sort of singing it as a mother-daughter duet kind of thing. It's really good. So I love that song just because it's, become something special <laughs> oh that's so nice it's funny because bonnie's got a thing with willow because we sang a million dreams together at my oh. book launch at borfoot castle and it was oh. like magic and then a couple months later they released it and bonnie was like but they copied us mom <laughs> I was like, oh i love that yes what <laughs> uh, famous castle song um but i was like bonnie you know pink is very very well known in uh america it's especially well obviously here too but you know bonnie and uh you know i don't think they did but she still so she gets annoyed i love that how dare they all right right let's go and steal cover me in sunshine then 
Oh, honestly, it's been so amazing to chat with you. I've got so many like Thank little you. takeaways and just, yeah, it's amazing to see that you've followed your joy and you're, you know, you're kind of learning through the lessons and that you, you're content and you're, you know, every day you're kind of giving yourself that compassion that you need as well. Cause it's when yeah. you're juggling all these amazing projects, really creative, but takes a lot out of your energy raising kids helping to care for your husband as well it's mm. a lot so it's really inspiring for people to to hear that you can you know do all that and still make a bit of time to to find your joy as well for you yeah. so keep doing it and i think with certainly with the cold water stuff it, it does become non-negotiable because you get that great buzz from it so it's because I was saying we were on the beach yesterday and the kids were at school and I was just in the water and there was like an old lady maybe in her 90s or something going in and I said to Hubs I was like oh I really hope that's me if I'm blessed with the years and uh, he was like oh that will so be you <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like it's stuck now <laughs> <laughs> I love that I was gonna say that too yeah I could totally see you do that I'm 90 <laughs> I will <laughs> yeah, we'll be there running naked on the sand going towards the sea it'll be us <laughs> you know see and, and they say you know kids love the water don't they so it's like stay young stay free freedom yeah. it's like living out these values you know that's right Tony Robbins tick he'll be delighted right now he's like you've got your value got the fire walker <laughs> and you're living in freedom so yeah. <laughs> been really great to to get a little bit of your wisdom today so thank you thank you so thank you so much for having me so much for showing up and um keep spreading the mojo <laughs> thanks Georgia. same to you we've got some good things for the playlist maureen you're awesome obviously spread it like peanut butter jelly oh yeah good one to shake too also pink all i know so far check that out for some Incredible lyrics. Baby girl, nobody knows. And even I can't teach you how to fly. But I can show you how to live like your life is on the line. That is the lyric we spoke of. So throw your head back and spit in the wind. Let the walls crack. Cause let's the light in. Let them drag you through hell. They can't tell you to change who you that's all I know so far oh those lyrics really do it for me so another one for your playlist pink all I know so far spread it like peanut butter jelly shake it work it own it thank you for being here guys all the love Mwah.